You're listening to The Crossroad Podcast with Joey and Kylie Willis. Through redefining effective leadership, The Crossroad Podcast explores what it means to live a life of intention and purpose. Join us as we explore the ins and outs of effective leadership and vibrant living. Welcome to this episode of The Crossroad Podcast. I'm Kylie Willis, and I am here with my husband, Joey Willis. And in this season, we are talking about making choices and how to make a choice. In the last episode, we actually had a very special guest, a dear friend of mine, Serena Toomey, who joined us as we talked about avoiding choices and what it looks like to grow in your choices. Um, And so today we are actually going to be talking about recovering from a bad choice. Um, And one of the questions that I have is, what is a bad choice? How would you define a bad choice? Um, And Joey, maybe you have some insights into it. But what I'm thinking is, is it a bad choice if you experience negative consequences? Is that how you would define a bad choice? Or would you define it in some other way? Well, yeah, before I get into that, how do you pronounce Serena's last name? I think it's Toomey, or maybe it's Tuomi. Yeah, I thought it was Tuomi. 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 It's Tuomi. It's Finnish, but I just was... I was surprised. I Sorry, Serena. Oh, she's going to adore that. Uh, yeah, no, I think it's a, a good question, Kylie. I, I think our natural disposition is to tend to categorize a bad choice as um, something that ends in a consequence we don't like, and a good choice is something that ends in a consequence that we prefer, something that we're looking forward to. Or something that is of benefit to us in a positive way. So I don't know if I have a definitive answer, but I think it's important for us to think about how am I defining a bad choice? What do I what do I mean when I think about that? Uh, I think the heart of our episode today is to talk about how to recover from choices that uh, don't align with your values um, and or choices that do have negative consequences. But when it comes to a bad choice, I think we could look at it several different ways. Uh, a bad choice can be some decision that you've made that you kind of knew better up front. You knew it and you just ignored the warning signs. And so you made a choice because it was easier, because you had tricked yourself into thinking it might work out better, or whatever the situation is. But looking back, it's like you really know. You could also look at a bad choice as like something that just you thought it was great. You had the best of intentions going into it and it just was wrong. You just made the the incorrect decision and it the consequences revealed that. It's not necessarily a bad choice by fault, but just a bad choice by uh, reality. And so you've learned something by making that bad choice. Um, yeah. And then again, we could be talking about a choice that you made that was in alignment with your values, but it cost you a friendship or it cost you something meaningful. And so the consequences are negative and there's a negative emotion that goes with it. And so is that a bad choice? Is that something that we should categorize as bad? And and if so, uh, how should we respond to it? Yeah, I wonder if bad isn't the best word to use for this. Um, Maybe it's recovering from unwise choices, um, choices that don't align with our own personal character, um, that take us away from our there or our mission, or that are um, choices that are serving self as opposed to serving something that is greater than ourselves. That's a really interesting point because 
we've had this discussion before, but the Bible talks a lot more about the difference between wise and unwise rather than the difference between good and bad. Well, is it wise or unwise or is it wise versus foolish? Right. Why, right. That's better said. Wise versus foolish. And so I think in in a lot of arenas in life, but especially with our choices, we do think of it as a good-bad dichotomy uh, that there's this standard that if our choices don't meet, that they're bad. And if they do meet them, that they're good. Uh, but I think it is a little more complicated than that. And like I said, the biblical illustration shows that the best we can, we can't control circumstances. Um, consequences are in a large part outside of our ability to manipulate or mitigate. But what we can do is choose with wisdom. And then whatever happens afterwards, uh, respond to that in kind. What do you think, Kylie? How how would you define a bad choice? Yeah, I mean, I think that um, most n- my like natural bend is to go towards anything that affects me in a negative way. Um, but I don't think that that is actually right. I think that, um, like I said a little bit earlier, I think that a bad or unwise choice is one that is motivated by selfish um, or self-centered desires um, or is uh, not in alignment with um, the character that we know we should be pursuing and living out in our daily lives. Um, I think that um, as people and as humans, we should constantly be trying to be better, to do better. Um, and it's so easy to swing away from that um, and serve ourselves. Um, and I think that when we do that, we uh, often encounter negative or um, challenging consequences because our choices are not necessarily in alignment with um, who God says we are and is calling us to be. Um, And sometimes we, to be fair, sometimes we encounter negative consequences when we are trying to be better and do better. So I don't know if it's really that easy to define Um, Sometimes we make choices um, because we really, truly believe it's the right thing to do and we suffer for it um, because we're not in control of other people. We are only in control of ourselves and our own choices and actions. Yeah, I think maybe for the purposes of this episode, it would be best for us to hone in and describe a bad choice as something that's not in alignment with your values. And so... We should not define a bad choice for the purposes of this episode as something that results in negative consequences, because sometimes you'll make a choice that's right and wise and in alignment with your values, and by every measure we've mentioned, good, but it still hurts. It still Mm -hmm. ends in a negative set of consequences. So we can can talk uh, a bit more specifically about bad choices in that regard, uh, just understanding that Maybe you can interpret everything that we're about to say from here on out uh, differently if you're choosing to measure a bad choice by a different standard. But I think it would be helpful for us today to set that standard. A bad choice is something that isn't in alignment with your values. So, Kylie, what do you think are our initial instincts when we realize that we have made a bad choice? 
I mean, I mean, I can speak personally for myself. My <laughs> perfect. My initial instinct is to hide, uh, to run away. Um, I I don't want to acknowledge or let alone wrestle with the fact that I have made a poor choice, which has resulted in um, something that is harmful to myself or others. Yeah, I think one of the difficult things for me is that once I realize a bad choice has been made, and again, uh, this to me is a lot like, I don't know if everyone experiences this, but for me, it's a little bit like when you're driving on the highway and you're lost. Uh, You don't realize you're lost at the moment you're lost. You're usually like a few exits down the road and you're like, oh man, I was supposed to get off on exit 269 and now I'm on 296 and I've been lost now for 30 exits and I'm just now aware of it. For me, choices that don't align with my values, it's kind of like that. It happens after the fact. And so one of the things I have to, at least my awareness of it happens after the fact. So one of the things I have to wrestle with is The choice has been made. There's not anything I can really do, you know, to travel back in time and correct it. And so there is, I think, this initial feeling of helplessness that feeds into what you're saying, Kai, where I want to hide or I want to run away because I've recognized that I've done something not in alignment with my values. And it's basically I'm trying to hide or, or run away from the consequences, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I, well, and I think we all have a deep-seated fear of rejection when people find out that we have done something that isn't in alignment with our character. Um and so we don't want to face ourselves let al- and our choices, let alone the world and the people who we deeply care about, because we have this fear of people saying, oh, you have made a poor choice, and so therefore you are not accepted anymore. And once again, this is why knowing our values is so important, like having them named, written down, you know, tattooed on your arm, whatever it takes, so that it's, it's a acknowledge reality of your life because just think about we're talking about these complications and how difficult this is we haven't even mentioned how hard it is if you don't actually know what your values are you're just facing these consequences and you don't know if they're negative consequences because they're not in alignment with the core of who you are or negative uh, consequences just because they're not in alignment with what other people expect from you and it can really quickly uh, derail and get so confusing that we don't even know what to do what to think moving forward. And so I I think one of the key things that we need to make sure we reiterate here is we got to know what our values are. We've got to be really honest about what it is. That gives us a tethering point with which we can measure our choices. Uh, otherwise, we're looking back at something arbitrary that could change day in and day out or circumstance to circumstance or strong personality around us to strong personality around us. And it can get really difficult, and really confusing really fast. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, And it's actually such a great measuring tool because our values, the things that are most deeply important to us are connected to our emotions, right? And so our emotions tell us when we are either not choosing to be intentional about living out our values, or we are. We experience either positive or negative emotions. And so our emotions are a tool that can help to 
um, set an alarm off that notifies us that something is wrong, that um, that our values are being pressed in some way, which can show us that we uh, after we know that, we can evaluate what the next steps forward are. Are my emotions true? Are they trustworthy? Is this something that is actually happening? Or is this like something I've just experienced in the past and I'm recognizing a pattern and I'm working off of that? And so our values are such an important measuring stick because they really, really help us to connect to our inner self um, and recognize what is a important to us and either missing or very, very present. Well, and I think one of the tendencies that I get into in my own life, if I'm not careful and not aware of of these things, is that I tend to, well, my bad choices tend to compound. They tend to grow and expand on one another. And so I make a bad choice and I respond to it poorly. And now I've got two bad choices that I'm dealing with. And really quickly, I can stumble pretty far down the rabbit hole. Yeah, so an easy example of this, just from my background, is thinking about pastors who um, make a bad choice about all kinds of things, you know, pornography, uh, money issues, um, infidelity, just whatever the whatever the bad, the clear bad choice is, and because of their position, because of the consequences that might happen through revealing that bad choice. There's a temptation to make the bad choice to cover it up, mm-hmm. to then lie to your spouse, to hide it from congregants. And and once you start to make that choice, you've got you you tend to make it every single day. You know, lying to your wife about infidelity isn't a one time thing. It's a every single day, every single time that you see her and, and don't come clean and it becomes a practice. And, and so these bad choices can compound and really get us into really difficult and and dark and untenable and manageable places. And again, you see this in in pastors. There's every single week there's a uh, a news story about a, a pastor who has had to resign because this like litany of of sins ha- has all of a sudden come to the light. Yeah, um I like what you say about compounding. Um, I think about our 401k and how we are investing in this thing. And we're hoping that the over time, over the years, the um, the principle that we put in will have interest that grows uh, and compound on itself in order to be able to create wealth. Um, and But you can think about that in a negative light as well. And so it's not just about um it's not just about like this big huge thing that you might have done. It's about these small deposits that you make over time that can grow into something that is so much bigger that you end up facing a wall instead of a small mound of poor choices or sins, something that is so overwhelming that you're not quite sure how to deal with it or handle it. Well, the the 401k thing, the compound interest is a is an interesting metaphor here because it, it's not mere addition. It's not like I made one bad choice and then I've made two bad choices. And so it's just, you know, I'm just adding one plus one plus one throughout the uh, it's exponential. So each time you make a bad choice, it's it's a bad choice with interest. And so it kind of can really c- compound and and spiral out of control. And the reason that that's a reality is because our sin 
sort of festers in secrecy. It, it grows and it develops a life of its own. And what it really does is it starts to become a habit in our lives. Each time we make a bad choice, it's not just a list of bad choices. Uh, it is a habit that we are forming that becomes harder and harder to break. And I think a lot of times we think about both bad and good decisions uh, as if it's this just thing that we can instantly do completely different any moment of our lives. And the truth is, it's more like turning an ocean liner. It, it's if we've got so much momentum going down the road of bad choices, that becomes very definitive of our character. And to turn it around isn't impossible. Uh, and certainly there can be a dramatic moment that kind of inspires the turnaround. Mm. But it's going to be difficult to spin that around. And the same thing goes for good choices. When we make choices constantly that are in alignment with our values, we start to de develop the sort of character that we want, that is that is true to you know who we are. And so as we go, uh, we develop a habit of goodness, of faithfulness. And that has compounding interest as well. Right. Yeah, it goes in, in both directions. Um, so as we talk about like making these choices that sort of not add upon one another, but compound upon one another, um, this whole entire season, this whole series, everything that we do is about the crossroad that we stand at. And we stand at this crossroad, not just once a day, not just when there are big choices but to be made, but every single choice that is in front of us is a different crossroad that is going to take us in a different direction. Um, and we have choices in front of us all of the time. So based upon the fact that that is the case, how often do we make bad choices? Yeah, again, I think that this is just goes into our question about how we measure bad and our question and our comments about compounding interest. But um, I, I think what Kylie is saying is is right where we need to be, and right where this episode is is uh, trying to focus, which is that we make bad choices. It's inevitable. It, it's going to happen. Even if, like I said, you have this habit of being a very good person and and really living in alignment with your values, you're just every day you're going to make at least one choice that's the outlier, right? And so, obviously, what we want to do is try to uh, you know, try to feed the compound interest of our good decisions as much as we possibly can. But I think we also just have to address and acknowledge the reality that there are going to be some choices that are bad. There are going to be some ways that we deceive ourselves. There's going to be some temptation that we fall into. There's going to be some mistake that we make along the way. And so I think the biggest thing uh, with this question is is letting ourselves off the hook a, a little bit, uh, at least in the sense that we're not measuring every decision as if it's the single definitive decision. Because when it comes to bad choices, I think what happens is, okay, I did this bad thing. And now if I let anybody find out about it, it's because it's going to be definitive of my character. And so ironically, I try to cover it up. I hide. I lie to my wife. I lie to my friends. I don't tell anybody about it. And it it does become a part of my character. Whereas if I were to come clean and say, hey, I made this mistake. It's not in alignment with who I am or what I want to be about. But I just need you to know this this was a choice I made and I'm sorry. And I'm going to try to do better moving forward. Um, and in a sense, we've got to be able to acknowledge and to understand and to really believe 
that that single choice isn't the definitive choice within us in order to be able to do that. Hmm. Yeah. Um, what you're talking about is scorekeeping on ourselves, um, measuring um, our choices up against all of the choices that we've made in the past and living with regret instead of um, making different choices moving forward. Um, I am a an avid scorekeeper, not only um, with other people, but also with myself. Um, and one of the examples that I can give of how I scorekeep um, and sort of live with the regrets of the past is um, thinking about what I could have done differently that could have affected um, where we are today. Um, so we, as many of you probably know, are struggling with infertility and have um, been struggling with infertility for the past five years. Um, we actually just finished uh, our first IVF cycle, which um, was not successful. Um, but it leaves me in a space where I'm asking myself, what if I had done things differently? Um, when I was a teenager, I had an eating disorder. Um, what if I hadn't done that? What if these other poor choices that I have made in my life um, have affected me so much so that now I can't have children? Um, and I tend to beat myself up about it instead of um, accepting the fact that um, God's grace is so incredibly infinite and covers all and that I can't do anything to change the things of the past except for learn from them and move forward um, with my life as it is now and try to be more intentional with the choices that I make today. Um, I, I can't do anything about the choices I made when I was a teenager in my 20s that might possibly have affected my fertility, but also we just don't know. Um, and so um, giving myself um, some mercy um, and acknowledging that while they might not have been wise choices, um, I'm not making those choices anymore and I have the opportunity to do something different today, um, which is really hard. Um because it's easy for us to focus on the past. Um, it's easy to um, beat ourselves up about our past choices instead of owning um, the circumstances um, or the choices we have to make in the circumstances we have today. Yeah, I think I share with Kylie the tendency to be my harshest critic and, and kind of scorekeep against myself and really measure those um drastically and, and harshly. And, you know, there there are tons of things that come up in, in my life as well, um, infertility being one of them, where where you start to look back and think, what, what, what decisions have, and really, what decisions have we made that uh, could have been better? And even, um, you know, decisions about our perspective along the way. Are we not getting pregnant because of some doubt or something that we believe or think that is blocking it and and uh all of those types of of issues uh but i i think yeah it's it's what's difficult about this and again the scorekeeping thing um is what leads us to compounding bad decisions i read something several years ago that really stuck with me it was advice to parents and and I think the number one advice was to, like, let your kids see you make mistakes. Uh, like, tell them, hey, buddy, I I got angry and I'm, I'm really sorry about that. That was a poor choice and I apologize. And 
and, and to just model for them what it looks like to take ownership and take accountability. Because when we do make a bad choice, that automatic negative one uh, score comes onto our screen and we want to like hide it from everybody. We want to try to cover it up so people don't see our weakness. People don't see our mistakes. People don't see our our failings as as we interpret them. And a lot of us, Kylie and I included, kind of measure ourselves really harshly. But I think that it would be fair to say that there are some people out there that measure themselves too kindly, mm-hmm. that are maybe too flippant about bad choices or too dismissive about the reality that they have done something wrong and do need to take some ownership. And the truth is both all of us live in, in that tension. We, we can be guilty of both. Uh, we sometimes really hone in on a, a particular mistake or a particular choice and beat ourselves up over it. But then there's also maybe a choice we made that we're just dismissive and we'll just say like, well, that's however other people are reacting is their problem to it. And and I don't have any culpability in in, in how this turned out or, or what happened or whatever. So there can be some self-deception, I think, in both directions where we beat ourselves up or where we give ourselves too much credit. Uh, And I think what's encouraging about all of this is the idea, again, of the abundance of choices. We make so many choices, like Kylie just mentioned a few minutes ago. There's another choice available to us right now. There's another chance for us to make a decision. And so in the remaining time we have, we're going to talk about some like practical things of what can you do once you have that recognition that, oh, I've made a bad choice. So Kylie, what is something you can think of? It's like, all right, I've made a bad choice. I realize I've made a decision that doesn't align with my values. How can I respond to that acknowledgement, that assessment in a way that doesn't compound my poor choices, but helps to get me back on track to living the kind of character, living out of the kind of character I want to? Um, well, I think about the emotions that I feel when you ask me that question, um, when I make a bad choice, um, which is fear and a desire to hide, um, which is not necessarily a good choice um, because we've already talked about how bad choices compound um, and how sin festers in the darkness. Um, And so my emotions are not telling me the truth. Um, They are not uh, trustworthy. And uh, what I do know is that I am in a marriage and in a community where I'm deeply loved and deeply cared for. And so I get to I get to listen to my emotions and say, wait a minute. No, that's not right. I get to do something different. Um, And one of the things that we have actually done within our marriage is we've implemented confession as something that we do. Um, I mean, we don't, you know, it's not like your typical Catholic confession <laughs> where you enter into a confession booth. And- we have a little booth set up, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, when we do something um, that is not wise um, or is uh, maybe sinning against our partner in some way. I remember a time that I lied to Joey about something and I felt so bad about it. And I was so scared to confess because 
I'll confess I'm very, very scared of rejection. And this person who is so deeply important to me um, has this power and this ability to reject me if I tell him I've done something wrong. Um, but I fought against that urge and sat down with him and was just like, look, I need to talk to you about something. Um, I lied to you. Um, and this is what I lied about. And I'm so, so sorry because what I've done by lying to you is I have created a break in our relationship. And the only way to repair that is to confess. And so I think one of the ways to do better um, when thinking about how to recover from bad choices is to be accountable to someone, to actually sit down and share with them where you are at and allow them to see you in your vulnerable um, state and allow them to choose whether or not they're going to um approve of you or not yeah there's a game that we all play um called best foot forward and we do our absolute utmost to show the best parts of ourselves to the people around us all the way from the the from our spouses to our best friends uh to strangers that we meet for the first time we want them to see the best and brightest things that we have within us and we want to withhold from them, you know, the darkest, ugliest, weirdest parts of us. And so we're all kind of constantly playing this game with one another. And one of the things that leads to that compounding bad choice situation is that it can be effective for a while. We can avoid certain elements of rejection, certain elements of uh, of negative consequences for in the short term, in the interim. It'll always show up eventually, but we can avoid it. Uh, in the short term. And, and so that's that's why we try to do it. But one of the real tragedies is that this best foot forward game creates this thing where we're looking at other people and saying, man, he really seems like he's got it together. Man, she really seems like she can do it all. And it's a lie. They're struggling just like I'm struggling. We're all playing the same game. We're all human and we're all in the same boat. And so there's a, all of this work and research and talk right now in our society about vulnerability and the power of it. And I think that what we're harnessing and what we're recognizing through that research is that there is something just really true and really powerful with somebody standing up and, and being vulnerable enough to say, this is what is really going on with me. I'm playing this best foot forward game most of the time. But I'm going to, like, lay aside this, you know, uh, play or whatever the metaphor would be. And I'm just going to tell everybody the truth about a mistake that I made or about the messy things that I'm feeling. And so I think when we make a bad decision, a decision that's not in alignment with our values, as Kylie's talking about, that's a great place to start is to just say, hey, I made this mistake. I'm not going to play this best foot forward game uh, to the detriment of my own character and at the expense of living within my values. I'm going to own the mistake and acknowledge it and give a sense of closure that allows me to move forward. And again, the great irony is that people respond to that. People are inspired and influenced and motivated by it because they know deep down within themselves that they've recently made a bad choice too, that they're not perfect as well. There's something in all of us that recognize, man, if we could just get off of this crazy merry-go-round of playing that game of best foot forward, we would be able to love ourselves and one another much more effectively.
So I am the second way that we can do better. I'm going to come back to the values thing because I think it is so, so important for us to remember our values, the things that are so deeply important to us that we strive to be true to those things. Um, And you can tie confession into any single one of your values. Um, And so I think about just my own personal set of values. Um, I have hidden from a lot of people and worn a lot of masks in my life, and I hate it. Um, And authenticity has become one of the things that is of highest value to me. I strive to be authentic uh, within my relationships uh, and in the things that I'm doing. And If I am not being authentic, if I am not living out authenticity to the best of my ability and being intentional about that, then there is a huge lack in me um, when I'm hiding. And so confession actually allows me to be authentic with the people around me. Um, We can use another example of a different value, uh, harmony as a value. If you highly value harmony, the only way to get harmony back in your life is to bring your sins, bring your poor choices out into the light and to confess them. Um, If you value joy, the only way you're going to experience the fullness of joy that you truly desire is through confessing your bad choices, through sharing them and being real about them. Because if you're hiding them, you're not going to be a very joyful person, right? You're holding a beach ball underwater just waiting for it to pop up at some point in time. Um, If you are hiding your bad choices from people, you're not experiencing inner harmony. And so we can really tie this to any one of our values that we have. Um, They suffer if we are not honest about where we are at and truthful with the community around us so that we can pursue truth and goodness and living out the best of our own personal character together. Yeah, I, I don't know what the the phenomena is called, but uh, if you guys have heard of what happens in space when, like, the planets all, like, align together or, or whatever, you know, the, the there's this, like, crazy once-in-a-blue-moon type of a thing where uh, there's just this alignment of objects. And, uh, I mean, that's what an eclipse is, but, it, but there, what I'm thinking is that our, a meaningful life is when our acknowledgement of our past choices, the emotions that we're feeling today, the choice that we're considering, our values, the character that we want to live out of, and the way that we influence other, when all of those things align, when all of them work together. And so when we make a bad choice, what we're doing is we're creating a kink in that system. There's, you know, there's mm-hmm. a lack of alignment. And so confession uh, just breaks that kink back into alignment. It allows us to move forward. And so in a lot of ways, confession um, kind of frees us to move forward and make make uh, better decisions going forward. But I think the heart of what Kylie's trying to say is that the whole thing has to be centered around our values. Mm. The values are the things that set that line that everything else uh, is going to align with. And so 
I hope we've said this enough that you're tired of hearing it, but we <laughs> just, but you just have to know what your values are. You've got to acknowledge them. You've got to be uh, true to them. You've got to understand them. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to feel your emotions or handle your emotions in a proper way. You're not going to be able to acknowledge your past choices. You're not going to be able to make your future ones with the effectiveness that you would otherwise be able to if those things would align. Uh, we tell our students at the school who are in student orgs or houses or anything like at the beginning of all of your meetings, you should just talk about your house values or talk about your org mission statement. And then everything else that follows in that meeting, whether you're doing budgets or whether you're doing a play rehearsal or, or whether you're doing a difficult confrontation because somebody on the team is, has made a mistake, everything is under the light of the values uh, so that we don't forget them and everything we do and all the reactions and, and choices that we make are in response uh, and uh, in recognition of, of what is really true to the core of who we are. The last thing that we can do to do better is recognize that Whatever circumstance we are in, it is an opportunity for us to exercise our choices and our character. Um, so often we have people who come into our office and sit in front of us and are just like feel like they're in a horrible spot or they are um, crying because they're in the pit of despair in the project mood curve. Um, and we just look at them and say, this is great. Like, this is wonderful where you are because this is an opportunity for you to exercise your character, to continue to commit to pursuing your vision, um, to do the things that God is calling you to do. Um, life is not easy. And if we're continuing to strive for the mountaintops of life and we think that at some point in time we'll get there and we can stay up there, that's a lie that we've believed um, that we need to get rid of. Um, Life is not like that. It is a constant motion between the mountains, the valleys, and the plains. And we have to learn to live um, authentically in each and every single one of those circumstances and exercise our choices with wisdom and discernment um, and continue to learn from what inevitably are going to be poor choices or unwise choices, um, but also continue to learn from our good choices. Every single circumstance is an opportunity for us to learn and to grow and to be better. I think that's well said. We'll leave it from here. Good luck to all of you making your choices moving forward, and we will see you in our next episode. Thank you for listening to the Crossroad Podcast. The world is out there waiting for you to become the best leader you can possibly be. We hope our conversations have helped. For more, please visit our website, thecrossroad.net.